Coming up on Locked on Dodgers. Dodger Fest is coming in about a week and a half, and it's going to be expensive. And we're going to talk about uh, if maybe a lot of things might be more expensive now that the Dodgers have spent $60 zillion this offseason. We'll also talk a little bit more Hall of Fame. We'll talk about the possibility of some former Dodgers who are in the Hall of Fame having their numbers eventually retired. And we will look ahead to next year's Hall of Fame ballot. So that's what's on tap. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to our everydayers for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Please subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. My name is Jeff Snyder. My co-host next to me, that's Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like a lot of you. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. And uh, Vince, uh, thanks for holding down the fort for me yesterday. Uh, it's good to be back with you. Always uh, a lot of fun doing an episode with you. Uh, having some back and forth is, you know, I, I don't mind talking to myself. I'm kind of used to it, but uh, I also like talking to you. So, uh, you know, glad, I'm glad we're both here today. Yeah, I know. Before we used to try to do every day together. Now we've kind of given ourselves a little bit of grace, but uh, still better when we're together. For sure. Um, but you did a good job. So uh, good episode. If you haven't listened to yesterday's yet, you should listen to that one. Um, we are going to talk a little bit more about the Hall of Fame, which Vince talked about yesterday. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about Dodger Fest, which is the new name for what used to be called Fan Fest. Uh, and several things are different this year. Uh, the, the first thing that was clearly different was that they're charging money just to get in. Uh, it used to be the Fan Fest was free to get in, and then you pay for the experiences. And uh, now you have to pay. It's only $10, uh, but, you know, it, it does cost money to get in. And then the experiences are different, too. Uh, used to be they would have autograph lines where there would be two players, either current or former, uh, and yeah, at each session and you would buy a ticket to a session and that would get you to the opportunity to stand in line and go get those autographs. Uh, my son and I did that in 20, I don't know, 15, maybe, uh, we got in the line with, uh, Ron say and Kenley Jansen. And, uh, it was fun. Got Kenley the, the previous year. I had taken a picture of my son with Kenley Jansen. And so I printed that up and, Got that autographed by Kenley, and it's hanging on my son's bedroom wall still. Uh, it's kind of cool to have a picture of him with Kenley, autographed by Kenley. Uh, this year, they're doing things differently. They're not doing the autograph sessions. They're doing kind of a more, uh, I, I guess they're calling them meet and greets, and uh, having sometimes more than just the two players, and it's a different experience. It's actually a Q&A uh, and a picture, I think, and an autograph. Uh, Problem is, they're pricey, huh, Vince? Yeah, and it's a different, like, so different from what just an autograph. It's 
uh, Q&A with the group, the, the session that you're in, and then you get a photo, I'm assuming with every player, I would hope, and an autograph from each player. Like you mentioned, there's some with two players or some with three players and one with four players. And 250 bucks for these sessions, for these experiences. And for 250 bucks, there's no Shohei Yatani, no Mookie Betts, no Freddie Freeman, no Tyler Glasnow, yo Yamamoto, uh, no, no Max Muncy. Oh, yeah, there is Max Muncy. But it's, I mean, again, I know that a lot of this stuff is, I believe it's all for the Dodgers Foundation, not for the actual Dodger team. So, uh, you know, I can get away, you can get away with a little bit of a price increase, but, you know, no offense to these guys, but there's one session with Alex Vestia, Ryan Yarbrough, and JP Fireisen. JP Fireisen hasn't even pitched for the Dodgers yet, and I, I don't know how many fans, you know, would know him just based on the fact that he hasn't pitched with them, you know, and, and Vestia. And it's one of those things where for 250 bucks, you can almost just drive to Arizona for two days, spend a little bit more than that but have a better chance of getting more players. But again, everyone, you know, has different experiences. There's five sessions total. By now, three of them are sold out. Tony Gonson, Bobby Miller sold out. Gavin Lux, James Altman sold out. Max Muncy, Will Smith sold out. Then you got one with Bessie Yarbrough, Fireisen, still available. And then one with Sheehan, Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, and Kyle Hurt, still available. There's a bunch of other experiences. There's one with Andre Ethier that's 160 bucks. That is... More worth the money, you get to have lunch and hear from Ethier, have a Q&A, get an autographed photo and lunch provided. Uh, there's a bunch of tours and different stuff like that. So, again, everyone fans a different way. But for me, uh, I'm a little bit spoiled because I've seen a lot of stuff and I get to interact with some of these players and, and all that type of stuff. So, for me, it's not worth it. But for some of you guys, it might be. Yeah, it is interesting that they didn't do any sort of variable pricing. I guess they tried to, you know, the the – the people who they thought were less in demand, that's why they put more people in the group to try to even that out. That one with the four young pitchers, that one could be intriguing. Um, she and uh, I'm still high on Gavin Stone and and Kyle Hurt. You know, that that's some potential for some pretty good pitchers in the future. It could be one that you look back on 10 years from now and say, wow, remember when for only 250 bucks, I, I got, you know, autographs from all these guys. Uh, but, you know, it, it does, you know, there have been concerns. I When the Dodgers signed Otani, there were a lot of jokes going around about, you know, a $150 Michelada at a Dodger game and everything. Uh, we'll have to see what prices go up, you know, what they look like. We Obviously, the resale market is going to be ridiculous. Uh, season ticket holders, we were talking before we started recording, kind of got a, a lucky break here because uh, one of the downsides of being a season ticket holder is if you have to pay for next year's tickets and like, uh, September. And, and so, uh, season ticket holders already locked in their pricing before the Dodgers signed Otani. Uh, so they're probably going to make a killing on the, on the secondary market, any tickets that they're selling, because, uh, there's going to be a lot of demand there. I, I'm hoping and assuming the Dodgers themselves won't raise prices any more than they would have anyway. Dodgers are always going to raise prices in the 10 years I had season tickets. The, my price is more than doubled. Uh, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, uh, what the market will bear or whatever. Uh, when it comes to Dodgers Fest, I, I didn't have an issue at all with them charging admission. I think that makes sense because knowing there's going to be a huge demand. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, when you've been to, to what used to be called Fan Fest, like it can get so crowded 
that it's it's almost not super fun at times. And so, you know, making people pay even a nominal price like 10 bucks, it will control the crowd a little bit more and they can have better control over, okay, how many people are exactly are we expecting? Uh, so, so I don't mind that. Um, and, and like I said, it, because these are for charity, I, I can, I don't even really mind that, I guess. Uh, you know, the fact is, like you said, three of the five are already sold out. And so apparently it's worth it to enough people. And, and, you know, I assume that these other two will sell out. Uh, and if not, maybe they'll drop the price on those. Uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, hopefully I guess Dodger fans can view it as I'm doing my charitable good and, and don't mind paying. The money's not going to the pockets of billionaires. Uh, if they raise prices at the stadium uh, for games and, and concessions and all that, uh, at that point, then I think we may start to see a little bit of an uproar. Yeah, I think whatever concessions cost last year, they were going to be higher this year, regardless of who they signed. Again, we don't know what the difference would have been and if the Dodgers are going to try to capitalize and you know, maybe add 50 cents a dollar here to some of these things. Ticket prices, like you mentioned, you know, season ticket holders account for, I think I want to say around 35,000 tickets, you know, every game already. So those were kind of already locked in. It'll be, you know, resale is where it's going to go. And that normally doesn't go to the Dodgers. I know that there is some ways it can go to the Dodgers through like StubHub or whatever. Um, and if it doesn't, they'll try to cancel your tickets. Yeah. So there, there's different ways to go about it. But again, uh, everything was going to go up, but we don't know how by how much. And we don't know if they're going to add, you know, the tax on top of that. I do think that the Dodgers were already one of the more expensive ways to go to a game, uh, especially the last few years after the pandemic. There was not really before the pandemic, you could get good seats for about 15, 20 bucks, you know, either reserve or the corners are low or even sometimes field level 20, 25 bucks. Those days have kind of gone away. Uh, and I am interested to see, you know, the new generation of fans can watch the games, but maybe not go to as many. Cause like we used to go to not a lot of Dodger games, but enough uh, to make it worth it. And that's kind of where, you know, there's always going to be the questions of the, the normal family of four. Can they afford to go to a Dodger game? And it, it might be tougher this year, uh, especially with resale prices. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, it, it might get painful for a little while. Uh, but Dodger Fest coming up February 3rd. That's a week from Saturday. So uh, if you're going, let us know. We'd love to hear. And and if you go, we'd love to hear how it is, especially if you get any of these experiences. Uh, but yeah, let us know. We'll give uh, all that contact info later. Uh, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about uh, guys who are in the Hall of Fame who played for the Dodgers and whether any of their numbers might ever be retired. Uh, so please keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, NFL regular season is over. The postseason is almost over. There's one more week of playoffs before we get to the big game, uh, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, it's a great time to do it because new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You don't have to win the bet. Just place a $5 bet and boom, $150 in bonus bets. 150 bucks win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet. You can do live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new explore tab. Uh, you can make a parlay in the parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, we're back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Especially want to thank our everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, it's easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning, and you can make that easy on yourself by subscribing wherever you're watching and listening right now. Uh, I also want to remind you, the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day, and the network has two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube that you might be interested in. One is called Locked On Sports Today, and the other is called Locked On Sports Los Angeles. Obviously, uh, the Los Angeles one focuses specifically on Los Angeles sports, whereas Locked On Sports Today is, you know, sports across the country. Uh, either way, though, you can get your whole sports fix in, you know, in one place, 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Also want to remind you, you can become a Locked On Dodgers insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers. It's a great way to support us financially. For just a few bucks a month, you get text blasts from us with our thoughts on rumors, news, uh, musings, different times, and you can text back and forth with us. We can have conversations. It's a lot of fun. For those of you who are over there with us right now, we're really enjoying it. So check that out. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on Dodgers. Uh, so with Adrian Beltre being elected to the Hall of Fame this week, uh, you know, he was a Dodger and he he had probably his best individual season, definitely his best offensive season uh, as a Dodger, his last year with the Dodgers. And then he went to the Mariners and then he went to the Red Sox and then he went to the Rangers. You know, chances are he'll have a Rangers hat on, on in his Hall of Fame plaque. Uh, he could be one of those guys who they they just put a logo list cap on his plaque uh, because he did uh, play, you know, his his time was split among different teams. But, you know, it's not crazy to think that they could at least consider having him go in with the Dodger logo on his cap uh, probably won't happen, but it got us thinking Vince uh, in the event that it did happen, whether with Beltre or with somebody else in the future, um, somebody who didn't necessarily play long enough with the Dodgers to be what we would consider a Dodger legend, but you know, played long enough and, and his career was such that he did end up with a Dodger logo on his hall of fame plaque would the Dodgers retire his number, you know? Uh, and so we're thinking with Adrian Beltre, you know, we've talked in the past a little bit about Mike Piazza, that he should have been a Dodger legend and did have, you know, again, probably his best statistical seasons as a Dodger, um, but, you know, was was more well-known for his time with the Mets. Um, different guys like that. I don't know, like, can you picture anybody, Vince, either who's already in the Hall of Fame or – who could go in the Hall of Fame in the future, who might end up uh, with a number retired, even if he's not necessarily considered a Dodger legend? Yeah. I mean, Freddie Freeman would be the only one, and that would, a lot would have to happen in the next few years and maybe even past that if he stayed with the team beyond the Dodgers right now. I think Mookie Betts, the fact that he's locked up for another eight, nine years, whatever it is, he, assuming he stays on this path and trajectory, you know, he'll be going in as a Dodger. Shohei Otani, assuming, you know, he stays on this path and trajectory, will go in as a Dodger. And I think Beltran and Piazza are both very good cases because I talked about yesterday about Beltran and how close, not, you know, how close the counting stats were between his time with the Dodgers and his time with the Rangers. 
uh, you know, closer than I even thought. Again, uh, in terms of accolades, he got all his accolades once he left the Dodgers. He won one silver slugger here. And then with the Rangers, he won, you know, he was an all-star gold glove, silver slugger, all that type of deal. So I think him with the Rangers is, you know, probably right. But Piazza for me was one of those where it was interesting because, you know, fans of my age or even, you know, a little bit older, a little bit younger, give or take, you know, Piazza was probably their favorite player growing up or one of their favorite players growing up. And when I went, that was the year Griffey got inducted with Piazza. So I went to the actual ceremony and it was in New York. So obviously there was a lot of Mets fans and for them to have, you know, revere for Piazza, I I never realized how much he was loved with the Mets. And I know there was a few different reasons for that. But again, when you go to look at his numbers, he played one more year with the Mets than the Dodgers. In terms of number of games, it was a little bit more of a difference. But in terms of counting stats as well, like, you know, he had over over 100 and about 150 games more with the Mets. But homer wise, you know, he was about 50 homers around there, about 100 RBIs around there, you know, hit with the Dodgers, hit 331, had a 966 career OPS, 160 OPS plus, was an all-star with the Dodgers six times, was an all-star with the Mets six times, had way more MVP finishes with the Dodgers, way more silver sluggers, was rookie of the year. And I know that they had, you know, a, a sour ending, and I know that it never really got repaired. And the people that were in charge now weren't the people that were in charge back then, so it might might have been a weird thing. But for me, it was always weird. And maybe they reached out and, he, and Mike Piazza declined, but it was always weird for me that Piazza wasn't considered more to, you know, be brought out to the stadium or to be considered for his number to be retired or something like that because the, everything is kind of there for him more so than, than even Beltre. Yeah, Piazza was a significantly better player for the Dodgers than for anybody else he played for. And yeah, you do wonder how much those personal feelings came into it. Obviously, the same reason that fans are still mad that Mike Piazza got traded uh, or the reasons that Piazza's mad that Mike, that he got traded. Uh, it's, you know, going back to the Freddie Freeman idea, like he might actually be the opposite here where I would guess, like, unless unless the Dodgers win like three of the next four world series and Freeman is, you know, world series MVP one or two times. I, I would guess it's almost a lock that if Freddie Freeman makes all of fame, he's going to have a Braves cap on uh, in the, in, on his plaque. And that's where, you know, there's no, the, the Dodgers have a policy of only retiring the numbers of hall of famers. There's just the two exceptions, Jim Gilliam and, and now Fernando Valenzuela. Um, but there, there's nothing specifically that says, and they have to have gone in the Hall of Fame as a Dodger, uh, so they could retire Mike Piazza's number. Uh, and, and Freddie Freeman, it seems like he would be a very good possibility to have his number retired, even if he goes in uh, with a Braves cap on. And that would be, like, I don't know if that would necessarily be precedent setting as far as it might open things up for other people, but... Uh, yeah, it will be kind of weird, like weird for the Dodgers. There's other teams. The Padres have Steve Garvey's number retired. The Brewers retired Hank Aaron's number. Uh, you know, so many guys who played not very much with the team, but for you know Steve Garvey, it's because of his role in their 1984 postseason. Hank Aaron, it's more of a Milwaukee loves you because he started with the Milwaukee Braves and then finished with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so there's reasons, but. I mean, Freddie Freeman is a fan favorite. He's, you know, he's only played for the Dodgers for two years and there's already 
the makings of Dodger legend, even if Dez only played these six years with them. Yeah, and, and that's going to be the the one case again. They they could pick up other guys as time goes on, but I think and I think Piazza and Freeman are are similar cases in different ways. And again, it's one of those where you know we don't know all the story behind Piazza. You know, for Freddie, we'll for sure know what the story is more than likely. I don't think there'll be you know any bad blood toward the end of it. And it's one of those I think the Dodgers have kind of started to cut into this in terms of you know nipping stuff like this in the bud with the 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 Dodgers what is it the Wall of Fame or 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 the Hall of what is it the Ring, Legends Ring of, of Dodger yeah, Baseball yeah that one so they can get away with stuff like this but uh, because it's one of those where at a certain point do retired numbers lose a little bit of value I think the Yankees got to that point luckily for them in a certain way there hasn't necessarily been anybody in the last ten years or so you know after Jeter that have really maybe warranted this maybe Judge down the line would warrant it or, or, you know, maybe Garrett Cole down the line would warrant it, but they they've kind of, you know, run out of those numbers and, you know, you never want to get too happy with the, the number retiring, I think. So I think, you know, Freddie Freeman would be a perfect fit. Like you said, unless he's becomes a postseason world series legend here in the next few years, or he extends beyond that and plays a little bit longer and, and, you know, has you know closer to 10 seasons rather than six seasons. I, I think there's the case for him to have the number retired. If not, I think it looks like one of those where, the legends of Dodger baseball was, will be calling his name. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the 2024 class of the hall of fame is set. We're going to come back in a second. We're going to look forward at the 2025 ballot and see what former Dodgers are on there and who we think might be going in. Maybe we'll argue a little bit. Uh, so please keep it locked on Dodgers. Hey, we're back. Thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, especially our everydayers. Remember to become a Locked On Dodgers insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers. There's a free two-week trial. It's just a few bucks a month, and you can text back and forth with us and get our thoughts before the podcast on rumors, news, all that stuff. And be sure to check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, the two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube from the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that said, uh, three three players going into the Hall of Fame this year, which means there are a lot of guys holding over uh, to next year. I think there were uh, eight or so who dropped off the ballot, uh, including one that made me happy, Bartolo Colon. Um, you know how I feel about Bartolo. I was happy that that people draw the line at the the fake Bartolo love when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. Uh, but That's next why year, it's fun and not real. It's just fun love. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. That's good that people can can uh, recognize the difference. Um, so with that said, we've got uh, next year's ballot. Like I said, there's there's plenty of holdovers. Uh, looks like 14 holdovers next year. Um, Billy Wagner will be in his last year on the ballot. Manny Ramirez on his second to last year. Andrew Jones and Omar Vizquel, their third to last. Uh, and, and then going down from there, but some of the first ballot guys are the first guys, their first time on the ballot. Uh, CC Sabathia, Ichiro, Ian Kinsler, Dustin Pedroia, Felix Hernandez. Uh, as far as former Dodgers, we got Curtis Granderson, Russell Martin, Hanley Ramirez. Um, I think that's it for former Dodgers making their first appearance on the ballot next year. Uh, I, I guess let's start, Vince, with those first timers. Any of those guys or any other first timers who I didn't mention? jump out at you as 
guys you would vote for for the Hall of Fame? Yeah, well, you know, Itro's for sure going to be first ballot getting in next year. I got to imagine CC will too, um, just for the simple fact of he was good on the field, had all the stuff off the field, and you know has been an MLB ambassador for the last few years. I think that's that's going to help his his case for sure. If it if he doesn't have the numbers, you know, the other way. Felix Hernandez is an interesting one because if you're really going to, especially for pitchers, kind of moving on in the future. There's not going to be the 300 wins. There's not going to be like the, you know, 3,000 strikeouts still achievable. But you're not going to have some of the counting stats that some of these guys in the past have had. And, you know, Felix was one of those first ones that did win the Cy Young, the 13 and 12 record, you know, went back kind of bucking the trend of of wins, meaning a lot more than anything else. So it'll be interesting to see what his case is. But I think it's Ichiro and CC for sure. Billy Wagner fell 5-0 short. I'd imagine he'd get those the next year. And then – I. You kind of start seeing the cases for these other guys. You know, Chase Utley got almost 30% this year. Andrew Jones was up to 61%, I believe, this year. I think you'll start seeing those guys moving up. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see what what kind of cases will start getting made. You know, Bobby Abreu is another one where, you know, if you start really breaking down the numbers, like he was pretty good, you, you'll get, you know, uh, Carlos Beltran will see, you know, how long he gets – I'd imagine he gets in eventually, but how long, you know, they'll kind of hold him back from it because of what happened in 2017. And that might be another topic for another day of him specifically versus like steroid guys. But yeah, I think there'll be at least two guys in it or at least three guys in next year. And uh, some of the other guys will start climbing because the year after that, I don't think there's really anybody. So there'll, there'll be more room for these 10 guys that they have to vote for. Yeah, Eacher is a really interesting case for me because, you know, everybody agrees he's a Hall of Famer. You know, there's talk of will he be the first unanimous position player in the Hall of Fame. I, you know, I think that's a silly distinction. Uh, I, It's not something I get fired up about, about who, who wouldn't vote for whoever, you know, like, okay, whatever. As long as he gets in the Hall of Fame, that's all anybody really cares about. But you look at his career, and it really is like the tale of two careers because he uh, – his first 10 seasons, he was one of the best hitters we've ever seen. Uh, 331, uh, had an OPS plus of 117, despite not really hitting for any power. Uh, but even then, 258 doubles, that's you know solid 71 triples, 90 homers in those first 10 years. Uh, but just uh, you know, 2,244 hits in his first 10 seasons. Average 224 hits a year for his first 10 seasons. And the problem is because he played in Japan for a while before he came over, those first 10, 10 seasons took him through age 36. And then he played nine more seasons. Although even that you have to kind of put an asterisk because the last two seasons, he played a total of 17 games. Uh, you know, the, the two games of 2019 were entirely ceremonial. Uh, but, you know, in those nine seasons, his OPS plus was 83 he had only 845 hits in those nine seasons, batted 268. Like, I mean, Ichiro was a bad hitter the last nine years of his career. Uh, and, and when you look at his first 10 years, 10 time All Star, got MVP votes in nine seasons, uh, gold glove all 10 seasons. And then after that 10 year mark, nothing. No all-star uh, games, no MVP votes, no gold gloves, no silver sluggers, nothing. The only black ink is 
games played and at bats uh, after those 10 years. And so, you know, he, obviously he's a hall of famer, but when you look at his overall value, like I, I think if he had retired at age 36, after those 10 years, I think he might be a unanimous hall of famer because people would be talking about, you know, the folks would be more on, Oh, what if he hadn't, what if he had started before he was 27 and think what his numbers could have been. Uh, but you know, it was, or even if he retired after 2012, because those first two years of that bad stretch weren't as bad, but yeah, it was, it, it was wild. So uh, as for Sabathia, I'd vote for Sabathia. Uh, for me, it's crazy to me that Andrew Jones isn't in the hall of fame yet. I don't like Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones was my least favorite player in baseball before he signed with the Dodgers. And then his time with the Dodgers did not do anything to endear me to endear himself to me. Um, but it's crazy to me that he's not in the hall of fame. He's uh, like so deserving as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you know, uh, it's yeah. I, I, I think Sabathia and Ichiro are the only first timers next year. Uh, who, who probably get in. Felix Hernandez is another one like through age 29. I know I'm talking for a little while, but you know, that's okay. It's a podcast. So I'm supposed to talk through age 29. Uh, Felix Hernandez had 49.9 war uh, in his first 11 seasons through age 29. And it's like, you're, you're starting to think this guy might end up being among the best right-handed pitchers in baseball history. Uh, and then just off a cliff, he only played four more seasons uh, is his war in those four seasons was zero combined. Uh, yeah, he had 49.9 war in those for, through age 29 and he retired with 49.9 career war. Uh, and so, you know, some of it was injury. Some of it was just ineffectiveness, but, uh, in the end, like he was a guy who was a no doubt future hall of famer and then fell off a cliff. And, and for me, his, his case is similar to, guys like Dale Murphy and Don Mattingly who were no doubt hall of famers and yet aren't in the hall of fame yet because they had such a steep decline. Yeah. I mean, we don't have enough time to kind of debate the merits of that because for me, I guess if you can give me like a decade or a decade of being, you know, top of the top cream of the crop, I think, you know, hall of fame for sure. And then anything after that, I don't, I don't know if I would hold off bad years against you if you're going up against age. Now, if something happened or if it was like, you know, steroids or something that happened that kind of got you against there. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, Felix, like I said, is an interesting case regardless of how bad he fell off. Just even his normal case is, is you know, worthy of debate uh, in terms of Hall of Fame. But, yeah, I mean. We'll see what happens. They'll, they'll, like I said, I, I think next year they'll be starting the steps for some of these guys like Andrew Jones and stuff to kind of start getting that bump because next year the, the, there's only two newcomers that are deserving coming in. The year after that, there's not really anybody deserving coming in. That That's like first ballot. So they're going to have to start. Uh, you know, it, It's always a weird, and I know you kind of talked about this on, on Twitter, like it's a weird thing, first ballot versus you know 10th ballot, whatever the case is. I don't feel as strongly as you. I do think, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because I'm accustomed to it, uh, that they're, they're, I don't know, some kind of value to it to a certain extent. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, it's for sure going to be interesting. I'm going to have to get out there for CC though, because uh, CC is a close personal friend of mine now, so I'm going to have to be out there for him. Yeah, the value in first ballot is this guy's case is so strong that everybody agreed immediately. 
that's the value that what drives me crazy is when like what brought it up when I mentioned on Twitter is somebody saying, well, Joe Maurer, he's a hall of famer, but not a first ballot hall of famer. No, if he's a hall of famer, he's a hall of famer. If you've decided he's a hall of famer, then he deserves to be in the hall of fame. It's, you know, the, the reason that like Chase Utley didn't get in on his first ballot, uh, but you know, that just means not everybody is smart enough to agree with me that Chase Utley is a hall of famer. Uh, you know, but if, if there are people who are saying, I believe that Chase Utley is a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so I'm not voting for him. I think that's ridiculous. Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. If you have a vote and a guy's a Hall of Famer, you should vote for him because that's your vote. You're voting for the Hall of Fame. It drives me crazy. And yeah, it's just one of those dumb distinctions that people make up. Right. Again. All right. Uh, I think that'll do it for us for today. Uh, you got anything else, Vince? Nothing. All right. Thank you all for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, especially our everydayers. Be sure to become a Locked On Dodgers insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers. Be sure to check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, the two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vincent 91 I'm on Twitter at Snydog. Our DMs are open there. You can also email us, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Or send us a voicemail or a text message at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.